Hello, church. Greetings on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Please join me in prayer as we approach the reading of God's word. Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your truth and open our hearts and minds to your amazing love. Speak your word to us. Silence in us any voice but your own and be with us now as we turn our attention, our minds, and our hearts to you. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from the magnificent prologue of John's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5 and verse 14. Listen to God's word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Ask the average person on the street what Christmas is all about, and you'll get a variety of fairly predictable answers. By far and away, most people say Christmas is about spending time with family and friends. At least that's the first thing that comes to mind. Others will say it's, it's about having fun and celebrating. What is to be celebrated is not always specified. Some will talk about the trappings of Christmas, Christmas lights and Christmas trees and stockings hung on the, on the mantle with care. It's about singing Christmas songs and drinking hot chocolate on a cold winter's day. Ask a kid what Christmas is all about and they will undoubtedly say presents and Santa Claus. Ask a student what Christmas means, and they're likely to say, winter break. Still others will become nostalgic and think about wonderful memories of Christmas's past, going to grandma's house for Christmas dinner. Those more cynically inclined will say something about how obnoxious Christmas is, what with all the crass commercialism characterizing the season. On a more positive, nobler note, many folks will talk about how Christmas is all about the spirit of giving especially to those who are less fortunate and who could use a helping hand. A few people will talk about going to church and attending midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Others will speak of Christmas being a time to practice love, joy, peace, and hope. And yes, a good many people will still say it's Jesus' birthday, even those who have never darkened the doors of a church. Christmas is certainly all these things. But what bothers me is that it's all so general and vague. Christmas doesn't seem to have a focus. But don't get me wrong, I'm not against the spirit of giving, and I like Santa Claus, but of course it's so much more than that. Christmas is not about giving in general, or about love in general, or joy in general. It's not about warm, cozy feelings and chestnuts roasting by the open fire. Christmas is about something very specific. Of course, we Christians are quick to say Christmas is all about Jesus. It's, he's the reason for the season. It's his birthday, for heaven's sake. And that's very true. But even that can be rather vague. It needs focus. Well, what about Jesus? Why is his birth more special than other births? Who was he and what did he come to do? Can we explain it to someone who asks? If someone on the street were to ask us, 
What is Christmas all about? I hope we could say something more than, well, it's, it's Jesus' birthday. Well, here's what I hope we will say. Christmas is a celebration of the greatest miracle in history. God became a human being to save us all from sin and death. That's getting down to the bare bones of the thing, the essence of Christmas. The Gospel of John states the profound truth in these terms. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or in more contemporary English, the Word, who is God himself, became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood, right where you and I live. In other words, the Word, the very self-expression of God, the one who made the world, entered the world in person. The Creator became a creature. God became a man. And that's the profound truth that seldom surfaces above the holiday season. That's the incredible good news that is worth printing on the front page of every newspaper. That's the utterly amazing news that ought to be going viral on the internet this very moment. The living God took on flesh and blood. God became a human being. One pastor, Daryl Johnson, laments the fact that most people who celebrate Christmas have never really heard the story or know of the miracle. Oh yes, he says, most have heard about the special little Jewish boy born to a special Jewish couple on a starlit night. And yes, many have heard that this special Jewish boy was claimed to be the Jewish Messiah. Millions even flocked to hear Handel's Messiah around the holidays. But most have not heard that this little Jewish boy was, in fact, in the most exact and literal sense, the God by whom all things were made. Again from John, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word moved into the neighborhood and took residence among us. What a staggering truth. It, it just it boggles the mind. I mean, think about it. Again, to use the words of Daryl Johnson. The Gospel writer John wants us to realize that Mary's child, the man from Galilee, who walks with, eats with, and plays with real flesh and blood humans, is none other than the maker of the universe. The man who laughs so hard that the religious establishment concludes that he's drunk. The man who weeps so deeply at the grave of his friend Lazarus is none other than the ground of all being. The man who gets so tired and thirsty he has to ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water is the one who in the beginning made the first hydrogen and oxygen atoms and determined that two hydrogen and one oxygen make water. Blows your mind. C.S. Lewis put it this way, the second person in God, the Son, became a human himself, was born into the world as an actual man, a real man of particular height, with hair of a particular color, speaking a particular language, weighing so many pounds, the eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that a baby, and before that a fetus, inside a woman's body. This is what theologians call the incarnation, the enfleshment of God. It's what C.S. Lewis called the grand miracle. It's at the core of Christianity. It's what Christmas is all about. 
the story of God becoming flesh and blood in Jesus. God in the manger is something that our minds cannot fathom. It's a little bit like trying to grasp infinity. At bottom, it's a mystery in which we need to linger. Like Mary, we find ourselves pondering with wonder and awe, imagining what it means for this child to be none other than the maker of the universe, Lord of heaven and earth. Dodd, isn't it, that this grand miracle, this most incredible historical event, should get so lost in the general, vague sentiments of many a Christmas celebration. Even many Christians have never really heard the story, even though it's embedded in so many of the Christmas carols we sing and in the lessons and proclamation of the church. God, the creator of all, entered his creation and became a flesh and blood human being. And he did so to, to save us all from sin and death. He came to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. He came to fix a world that badly needed fixing. He came as a savior. His name shall be called Jesus, where he shall save his people from their sins. But an immediate question comes to mind, but, but why did God choose to become a man? Couldn't God have chosen another way to save the world? To be sure, the world to which he came was in a mess full of bitterness and envy and strife and fear, but, but couldn't God have shouted his instructions from on high and maybe have sent a couple of legions of angels to straighten it all out? It seems difficult to understand why, why God would want to exchange a heavenly throne for an earthly manger. Many people find it also hard to believe. And yet, if God had not entered our life, becoming one of us, we could always attack God with the accusation, look here, God, what do you know about this life? You may have created me, but you just don't understand what it's like to be me. You can't possibly understand my struggles and heartaches and pain. There you up there, you're up there in heaven, and, and I'm sick and tired and lonely. What do you have to do with me? Since you haven't been where I am, you can't really help me, and you certainly have no right to judge me. But in fact, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He has lived right where we live, walking our streets. He experienced everything we experience. You name it, he's been there. He knows what it's like to feel alone, to be afraid, to have a friend betray you, to be tempted by lust, money, popularity, power, to weep over the death of a loved one, to have one's best intentions misunderstood and twisted to be stressed out by the demands of life, to be angry at the way the weak and the powerless are treated, to, to experience disappointments and setbacks, to have everyone walk out on them when they needed them the most, to be in physical pain, to have had family members think they are crazy, to have had their name and reputation slandered by other people, to, to have a life filled with sorrow and grief, to not have a lot of money or, or material things, to find it so hard to do the right thing and to follow God's will. He knows what it's like. And so the, the, the writer of Hebrews can say, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our God can offer such comfort and help 
because God has been there. God has walked in our shoes. God knows our life from the inside out. God understands. God cares. The essence of Christmas is not the miracle of giving or some vague notion of love, joy, and peace. It's more than a season of good cheer or the laughter of little children. Christmas is a celebration of a great and wondrous truth. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He dwells with us still. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. To him be all praise and glory. Amen.